Welcome to My Hometown Artist Podcast. We talk about showing up authentically on social media as an artist, creative, or right-brained entrepreneur, so you can do what you love. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm here to help you find self-growth, expand your work, and have more fun trying new things. We stay curious and focus on being solution-driven. Let's get to it. Today's guest is Kyle Clayton. I'm so happy to have you on here. Can you please just tell us who you are and tell us one random fact about you, maybe? Ooh, one random fact. Okay, so I'm I'm Kyle Clayton. Um, I graduated from Colorado Mountain College with my associates in professional photography and then my bachelor's of applied science in leadership and management that I don't really care about. Uh, I graduated in 2019. And one random fact about me, um, I have been to the Junior Olympics. That's a fun one that I always bring up. I used to shoot um, Olympic-style air rifle when I was younger, when I was in high school, and I made it to the Junior Olympics two years in a row. So that was fun. That is a fact that you might have mentioned, but... I just forgot it. So sorry to forget again that you did cool things. Totally fine. Um, I so I guess I should explain what I do. I work for as a photography assistant um, for a photographer who does a lot of hotel photography. So we end up traveling around the U.S. Um, we've actually got a, Mex- a bit huge Mexico job coming up at the end of this month, which will be fun. But yeah, so I I don't take photos, but I'm still, you know, in the photographic field. I'm still doing what I love. Um, assisting is something I'm passionate about. So yeah. That's super similar to the stories of a lot of different artists. Basically Mm. I keep it a part of my life. It goes in and out and we'll see where this goes, you know, and it's beautiful full form. What will happen? I don't know, but you own a camera and Uh, you know exactly how to use it in manual mode and you've done many portfolios. So uh, yeah, many portfolios. Future, not not as many since school, but yeah. yeah. The future will be bright. Okay, so can you explain to us your feelings are for social media as a person? And, you know, we really don't know anything about your personality. So I, I really want to hear what your experience has been with social media. Um, so social media kind of as a whole. I generally dislike. I I can appreciate the ability to connect with people, especially, you know, friends and family through Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and the ability to find new artists and to find new people. But I think that as a whole, it has more negative effects than it does positive effects. You know, it's it's very easy to doom scroll through Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or, you know, any of the hundreds of social media sites. So I think it's, there are good things. You have to be very careful with them. You have to be very, uh, be very specific with how you interact with social media, which is very hard because all of the algorithms are made to keep you on the site for as long as possible and to create as much dopamine as they can. So uh, (laughs) it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a hard thing to balance for sure. It's the way I think about it is the way someone framed like the invention of cars to me once they were like, Mm -hmm. 
okay, they were talking about the internet in general, but it applies a lot to social media too. They mm-hmm. were like, well, the the invention of social media is it's kind of, and it's probably like 10 years ago when it was beginning, the, mm-hmm. the concept of that. And that's kind of the equivalent to when we were just inventing cars. We, we didn't know which side of the road to drive on. We had brick roads still. And it was, you know, there was no laws. Those first yeah. like baby moments. And then there's like, a vision of it that I have that might be like the self-driving car equivalent of mm-hmm. no one ever gets hurt. You get where you're going quickly and efficiently and you enjoy your time. Who knows what that'll be like long after we're gone. But that's how I imagine social media being is we're just in this complete infancy of, wow, this is hurting people, but it's also making good outcomes for some people. But but yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I guess my next question is, you you have that kind of base outlook on it. Mm-hmm. Why and how did you decide to start posting on your pages? Because you have a new page. <laughs> I do have a new page. Um, well, so I guess I'll, I'll start with my first page. Um, I only started an Instagram account. I mean, I've had a Facebook account for, I don't know since I was probably twelve or thirteen, but I have literally never used it. I think I've changed my cover photo once and that's been it. Um, But I started an Instagram account while we were in school because I was creating so much new work and I was creating, I had never really had this amount of work that I was creating that I was proud of. Um, And so I think it was probably fall of 2017. So I've only been on Instagram for what, almost, uh, a little over five years now, and it was it was mainly just kind of out of a a want to share my work. You know, I was I was finally proud of work that I was creating, and I was finally creating enough work that I could share with people. And then you know, I posted all through college, and then when I graduated, I took a few months off where I stopped creating work really, and then it was COVID, um, and I started biking a lot, and. I started seeing, I was biking around Denver and I started seeing different things that I wanted to take photos of again. And so then I started photographing that, posting, you know, the small stuff that I did. And then things kind of stopped after that because I started working again. And so my, my relationship with posting has been kind of very up and down. You know, it's only when I have work that I want to post. And then recently, as you mentioned, I started a second account that since I travel so much, I have a ton of photos of just funny situations or, you know, you got to brag a little bit. I got to show the the Maui coast every once in a while. But <laughs> I found that I had all of these images that I found fun that didn't really fit on my main page because I wanted to keep that as just fine artwork, you know, just the work that I create and I'm proud of. I want to keep it like as tight as possible. And so I created a second count for traveling, essentially. And I was able to post a bunch to that um, for a couple months because I had a big backlog. And now I'm out of photos and I don't think I've posted in three months. My relationship with Instagram kind of, it ebbs and flows. It mainly shows up whenever I have work and that's about it. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've looked at your posts. I think the captions are really funny. Something that it's so abstract, like right brain people specifically 
have a lot going on in their heads and they have a lot of things that they like to do and they maybe they change jobs and they go through different phases. You know, you have something that, but you also have left-brained activities that you enjoy that you're passionate about. And I kind of just want to let all the listeners know what those things are. Just Can you just explain some of the other things you're interested in so we can get a more well-rounded view of like all the cool things you do? Sure. Um, so I'm very interested in 3D printing. Um, that's probably the biggest one. And at the end, of, for my final portfolio at school, I started kind of mixing kind of my, my right and left brain um, and using that 3D printing to create some art. I have an aunt who's blind and she's always been very supportive of my work, you know, and we give her photos and, you know, we explain to her what's in the photo, but she can't see it, unfortunately. And one day she said, you know, it'd be really cool if I could just feel your artwork. I thought, huh, maybe I can do that. And so I, after many hours of research, and I basically created my own process to take some of my images, um, which a lot of my images at the time were macro. Um, so it was very tight, close images that were very abstract um, of various, you know, fruits, vegetables, basically anything. Um, and I was able to turn those into a texture map, essentially, so that I could 3D print them and so that my aunt could feel the image. And, you know, she can feel the peaks and valleys of, say, a grasshopper wing or cabbage. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of my, one of my biggest passions outside of photography that I've been able to kind of bring into the art space. Um, mm. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, I want, I just want people to get a picture of it because when I think about every time I approach any client or anyone who talks about putting themselves on the internet, I, I kind of see it as like a step back away from them because that's how I approach things. I think about mm. like what I can gather about them as a person and like just their potential, the qualities they have and maybe the ones that they're lacking in and what could become of all those things. So mm -hmm. what what do you think right now? What would you say would be a goal what is something that would make you feel like you've, you're moving forward and getting a positive outcome from it? Well, I would, I would like to start selling my work. Um, I feel like it's, it's pretty approachable. You know, it's pretty generally liked. Uh, my, my work is very broad, I guess. You know, it doesn't have a very specific audience. That, that's just kind of me thinking about it, thinking about how I can market it, right? You know, I... I would love to sell it to hotels. You know, I see a lot of hotels that have some very bad artwork. And so <laughs> that that's a direction I would like to take it eventually. You know, I, it, I, I'd like to be able to go into a hotel one day and see my, you know, my artwork in the rooms or to see a big print up on the wall. That would be amazing. But I would also like to start doing the, I, I should say, the, the, uh, project that I'm working on for my aunt, I've been calling photographic braille. And so I'd like to show that to more people. And ideally, I'd like to get a an art show for the blind, you know, for people who are visually impaired and who can't enjoy art, 
um, like the rest of us do. I had an opportunity to do it and I, I had a small show in Denver and I was supposed to show in Texas and then COVID kind of messed everything up as it did. Mm. Um, and so I'm kind of waiting for that stuff to come back and for it to be acceptable for people to be touching things again, basically. But I think that that's another avenue that I'd like to take one day. The question that comes up, I, I love hearing about people's goals because yeah, I've talked to some people who were interested in social media, but ultimately they were like, you know, this is, this is something that I can't invest time in. So therefore you don't get the benefits, which is fine. I don't feel like everyone should yeah. be giving a hundred percent and making it their life, but there are some things that could be beneficial just from addressing what the blockage is. So acknowledging what the barrier is to showing up at a bare minimum, you know, to help you get where you want to go. Um, for example, I had a print store back when I was doing my fine artwork. And I think before I started really diving into all of this, like what it means to market yourself as a brand, before I did that, it was just, it was less successful. Like I got, I had less mm. orders totally. And that was one way that I made sales. I made some sales outside of it, but for me, it was like, okay, this aligns with my skills, my personality and the things I don't get, I, I believe in myself, I can get there to do it. My question is for you, what is the, the biggest challenge that you face in posting content? It could be anything. Mm. When it comes to like my fine artwork, I think it's mainly lack of content. You know, when I have work, I post it and then I try to space it out and then I'm out of work, you know, and then I have to wait until I have time to shoot again or I have, you know, the right motivations or the right inspiration to shoot again. When it comes to like the uh, creating, you know, more of a business or like the the fine art um, selling prints and stuff, which I've tossed around, um, I've thought about doing, it's more that I just don't have the desire <laughs> or the motivation, I guess, to start that. Um, I've always been very bad at being motivated to sell my work. You know, it, it seems like a lot of work and it seems like a lot of work to initial work, I guess, to set it all up. And then without having that promise of, oh yeah, you know, it's going to sell well, it's hard for me to put in that effort, you know, up front. And I guess you're, you're the a great person to talk to about that it's seen as you, you know, you had a print shop and did it all on your own. Yeah. I'm planning like a little heart to heart soul episode for all of you to get excited about that, get excited about it. But <laughs> basically what it came down to was I needed to respect the aspects of me that were entrepreneurial slash just like, I love problem solving for other people, mm. but also like, okay, I'm doing this thing that works for me, but it would be a lot more fun to teach other people how to do it. What would be your first question if you're like, okay, I want to I wanna sell prints in a way that's sustainable with my life? What would your first question be? My first question would be, what is, a, what is the easiest way for me to do it, I guess? How can I offload as much of that work as possible? You know, I've sold some of the 3D prints that I've made and some designs that I've made. And it always seems that I get orders for them right before or right after I leave. 
for work. And so I'm not home. I have to tell them, sorry, you know, I'm not going to be back for another four days and then I can print it and send it to you, but it's going to be that time. Right. And so I guess what is, what is the easiest way for me to have somebody else print it and integrate that seamlessly, you know, so that the client doesn't know that someone else is printing it. Right. Okay. This is something that I have done a few test runs with, Mm -hmm. with, um, people who make physical products like that. What I like to do is, is number one, figure out the general timeline of your life. So, okay. If, if you're not, if you're not even posting on social media every day, what is your, I call it CEO time. And you can call it that just for your personal life. It's like getting, getting things in order. So sure. how often do you do that per month would be my first question. And I would say, okay, mm. whatever you are going to plan to market yourself, because half of it's going to be marketing and then mm-hmm. get the prints ready and take the prints, all the shipping and all that. What, how much time is that per month? You know, it's probably going to be the amount of orders that you could take is going to be really small. So I would frame that when you're marketing it to be exclusive so mm-hmm. for example, I've done, I've done some launches where we say, okay, for example, it's Valentine's day next month. Um, like one of the clients I've worked with, they started launching and advertising for Valentine's day orders in December, like the end of December. And they, wow. they have a whole week on their social media. It's kind of their big week where they show up, where they are saying, you know, this is the print. You're not being shy about it. This is how much it costs. This is when it would approximately get to you being just, just saying it all week long. And then you mm-hmm. say, okay, at the end of that week, I'm no longer accepting orders for February for Valentine's day. And you're thinking, wow, like, well, some people don't plan that far ahead. Well, those people are not, won't be part of your customer base right now. And that's that you can actually integrate that into the words you use on your stories and your hashtags and things like that of like people who mm-hmm. plan ahead, they exist. And you can specifically bring them in. Like it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm running a side thing. So I have to be at the whim of anybody else. No, like you have a barrier. Mm -hmm. And then as far as printing, I, I outsourced because to me at the end of the day, during that like specific weeks when I got really busy, it was more important that it got done and that I was growing it than it looked perfect. Um, So I used White House um, printing to do that. And there, there's also some ways you can automate um, the intake of orders. So as far as bare bones, if you wanted to start doing this like in the spring, I would make a schedule that is like that where you take orders that are, aren't going to get to them for a month and a half and you have mm-hmm. a really clear cutoff date of, you know, and that, that helps make people feel like what you're offering them is rare because we know it's rare and unique and you put time into it. But the marketing of it needs to integrate that so that they feel that. And when they're, when they are pressing order or sending you a DM, they feel like not rush, but they know that this is a precious time. This is their chance. And they will have to wait three more months if they want to do it again. That is totally acceptable. People are so afraid to sell themselves, like not their souls, but sell their work, like sell your work because you are selling it. Don't be afraid to say it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. But I, I guess then my, my second question is, I have this aversion to posting 
to making posts, at least on Instagram, that are marketing related. You know, since I have only, like all of the stuff on my Instagram account is, and it's maybe like one image is uh, images. You know, it's not me at the beach, you know, it's not me, just random things that I find, you know, it's I, at least my, my fine art account, I like to keep it very streamlined, like I want it to be um, very clean. And I, I find myself disliking when, you know, I follow an artist, and I want to see their work. And then all they post is, oh, hey, I'm selling this image now. Oh, hey, this image is available here. Oh, hey, look where this image is. You know, I just want to see your work. And it's cool that you're doing that. But that's not the reason that I follow you. And mm -hmm. so I, I kind of have an aversion to posting posts, at least, that are, you know, on my page in perpetuity that don't line up with the rest of the posts, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, oh man. Okay. So I just talked about this. <laughs> you think, when you think you're being salesy, you're not being salesy. And mm. the exceptions to people that are exceptions to that are so rare I've, I've never worked with someone like that yet. I, I want to remind people that your concept of what is annoying or, or unwanted is, is way off base from what most people are annoyed by. Um, mm. the, the example that you give of, of being annoyed by that artist, it, it, it can happen. You know, I'm sure it annoys mm. some people. I, I'm just going to say the people that would be annoyed by, Let's say if, if they're posting like once a week, some type of reminder of how you can work with them. The people that would be annoyed by that are never going to buy from them usually. Um, so let's say if That's I, fair. but it's totally valid for you to be annoyed. But usually if, if you're an artist, you're following all the, all these other artists once a week or less, that is bare minimum of how often you should be talking about it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just going to, let everybody right now know you're not being salesy. You're not being annoying. You live in a world and you need to make money and you <laughs> want to figure out how to do it. So I would say that's yeah. the first thing is understanding once a week is a bare minimum and you can do that in such a, such a authentic way that it, it doesn't feel like, you know, I have these really personal posts or posts about what's going on in my life and my work. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, buy this stuff for me. It doesn't feel like that when we have a plan and like a marketing strategy for it. It feels like sure. this is uh, something that I do, you know, because I know I, I'm deserving of being paid the correct amount for service. And think about how many people follow an artist who would buy from them, but they haven't seen any information about how to buy from them for three months because of the algorithm or because, you know, they got pushed down and they're not seeing their stories anymore, or you're just not posting, or they haven't been on social media for three weeks because of something, yeah. something came up. So I, I, that's my bare minimum. I say, let's talk about it in a way that feels mm. natural to you. A really great tip that I give is if you're on Instagram, use the close friends feature to select specific groups of people. So on your stories, oh. you can say, so you don't feel like you're overbearing and posting on your story, something that someone doesn't want to see or they can't afford it. You'd say, okay, sure. um, here's my offer, whatever it is, a print, a service, and then have your last slide be a poll that says, 
you know, if you're interested in this, just let me know, say yes below in the poll and whatever way that you would see mm -hmm. that. And then you can save those people as close friends um, when you're ready to do the actual launch. So if you were doing that like sure. three months, uh, every three months I do a print launch thing. Uh, during that week, you would have those close friends be on that list that are those people that said yes. It makes, again, it makes people feel like it's exclusive and it's it's for them and you're paying attention to what they're saying. Hmm. It it does amazing things. Yeah. So that's a lot. I just said a lot of stuff about how this could possibly happen. <laughs> Do you have I, any other questions about that? I, I don't know if I have any other questions, but I, I think something that you said that made sense to me is that like I, I have to I have to view it less as just my personal work. You know, if I want to sell my work, I have to view it more as a business. You know, whenever you're selling yourself, you do have to sell your soul a little bit, right? You have to sell out a little bit. You have to, you have to bend to the algorithm. And so it, it, it makes sense that, you know, I have to, I have to make that change in my mind that I want to make money from this. And so I can't just keep posting the way that I was posting, right? Because I do have to market myself somehow. I mm -hmm. think that's, that's seems like a very important point. And of course, there are people who this is not for them. It's we're oh, not yeah. talking to you. We're talking to no, yeah. if you're if you're feeling like a little spark inside of you, and you're like, okay, sometimes I'm all for it. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I want to delete my apps, and I hate it. <laughs> that's that's actually like where most of us fall. Most of us are in the middle, right? Like it's all gray. So yeah, a lot of a lot of what I'm teaching when I do coaching is connecting your personal you as a person, making sure that we're solid and those parts of you that you want to share, the parts you don't want to share, who you are, what your boundaries are, and what makes you awesome. And then combining that with, this is a service I have, this is what why I believe in it. Using, like making sure we know that marketing is not a dirty word. Um, mm -hmm. Personal branding is not a dirty word. Yeah, you don't have to figure it all out right now. You Like just being present and and asking questions and following one account that talks about this is enough. You should you should follow her. She she is constantly posting little nuggets of truth that are great. <gasps> little nuggets of truth. That's so nice. Thanks. Little little nuggets of truth. My next question for you. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get into just a few more fun things. How is this currently fun for you to to post? Do you know of anything you're consciously doing to keep it fun? That is fun. <clears throat> Um, so I guess what I find fun about it is, and kind of the reason that I started was, is just to share my work. You know, as an artist, I want as many people to see it as possible, whether they like it or they don't like it. You know, I want criticism and I want, of course I want praise, but I think that now I'm no longer in school and I don't have that outlet to show I'm kind of tied to Instagram and to social media in order to get that that side of the fulfillment as an artist. You know, when I take an image, it's great and I can process it and get it perfect. But if I'm not showing anybody, I don't really feel that fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's kind of my draw to social media is so that I can share what I've made. You know, I'm proud of what I've made and I want other people to see it. Oh my gosh. I, I can't snap very well, but snap. <laughs> That's, that's, that's it. That's what kind of, I, I have a hot take video that'll come out in a few days, but I was just saying, oh boy. basically I was like, 
artists on social media are not, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just doing something mm-hmm. that other people haven't tried. Like, you know, like traditional weight. There's so many paths to being a creative person. Like whether you're yeah. a graphic design artist or like a pottery maker or whatever you do, there's so many ways that you can be successful in doing this. But if you miss having that like connection, there's much less options to do it in real life to network and to get there. Like I just met like four new people the other day and we're going to talk over, uh, you know, a a video recording, obviously not in person, but I would have never met those people and found them if we, if I hadn't started learning about this, it would just be, yeah. Yeah. It's all about how you approach it and think about it. It was, you'll Mm -hmm. see, you'll see the gray wherever you want to see it, but. Well, and that's, that's the great, that's the good side of social media and the internet in general, right? Is you can connect with people who have shared interests with you that might be on the other side of the globe or the other side of the country, you know, that you would never meet in person. And so it's, you know, it's, it is a great way to reach the people who would enjoy your work or enjoy whatever you're, you know, you're passionate about. Yeah. Which is the perfect segue is AI art on social media. AI art. And I just want to know what you think about it. I'll let you say whatever you want. Uh, it's it's in a weird place. Um, you know, it's new. So there's not really any regulations on it. You know, it's kind of the Wild West at the moment. And I think, you know, everything has, every every argument has two sides. I think that, it's super cool. Like I'm, I'm a tech head. I love, you know, new tech. I love new advancements. AI is super cool because it can create these images that, you know, have never been made before. And it's super cool that a lot of them, you know, you can feed an image of yourself and then have it draw it in whatever design you want. And that's really neat. But then also there's the flip side that, you know, a lot of artists are uh, upset and rightfully so that their art is being sampled. You know, the the algorithm is scrubbing the internet and finding these artists and, you know, these amazing pieces of work and taking them and using it to create another piece of art. And, you know, it's, it's, there, there's a few questions that kind of need to be answered before we can figure out what is going on. I think the, the chief most of those is who owns the art that's created. Right. I, I think it's it's definitely not the person who puts in the prompt. You know, it, that's just the inspiration for the art. I, it's not necessarily the person who made the algorithm. Right. Like they're they created the framework, but they're not actually making the art. The algorithm is. And, you know, then you have to ask, where is the art that they're pulling coming from? Right. And so there's. I think there's one main one main algorithm that just scours the internet and just scrapes up a bunch of artwork. And then from that, most of the big AI generated art sites pull from that big data set, right? So they you have this large data set that's being pulled from everywhere. And then the AIs are just pulling from that to create their art. You know, it's kind of scummy that they're you know, all of this stuff is just being scraped off the internet with anyone else without anyone's consent, you know, it's just there and they're pulling it. But at the same time, you know, it's not the end user's fault. 
you know, it's not really the AI uh, that's pulling from this data set's fault. Since we're still in the infancy of it, it is, there's a lot of questions and, you know, there has to be uproar from artists and the people it's affecting. Otherwise, you know, that's never going to be fixed, right? So I don't know. It's a, it's a weird place to be. I don't have any strong opinions on it. I, I don't know. It's just weird. Mm. It's yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it, it is upsetting. And like, I dislike that. And like I said, there's good things about it too. So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, just kind of waiting to see what happens. Yeah. I, I only feel positive about it because of how vocal um, other creatives are being about the, yeah. the bad things about it. It, I mean, it's, it was, mm-hmm. if your algorithm is t- tailored to artists, you know, that's all people have been talking about in yeah. 2023 that's the only reason why i feel like it's all going to be okay because we're demanding that it, it can't take away agency or or the rights of any other artists who who made these things i feel like a branding standpoint it, it's making it's making a lot of people realize how important personal branding is going to be over time and protecting what makes you you in a sense of, yeah. you know, if an algorithm could put together, you know, any question and put together something for me, um, like, what is my, like, what am I bringing to the table? Everyone's going to start taking advantage of these tools, which is great, but the value, the people that succeed are still taking the same actions, which are focusing on themselves and being authentic and putting effort into their relationship with people in a invisible space like and having that kind of kindness because a lot of the artists that are successful that were quote unquote you know born and and made on tiktok or instagram or whatever platform they do that so well and i i study those people who and not just the people with lots of followers or who went viral but the people that have brands that are recognizable that do exactly what their art does like your marketing says exactly what your art is trying to say like yours like might be helping people experience the world who previously wouldn't have access to that it's like integrating that into every post by having you know a defined goal and and a strategy you can't make an ai do that for you i think you you touched on a a very important thing right there you called it a tool You know, there are more than just the AIs that create images and create art. There's also the ones that create, you know, copy for, for, you know, if you're making a script and you can use it to create the majority of that script without losing quality, then, you know, that's a great tool for you. And, you know, right now it's, it's not perfect. You have to go back and you have to proofread it, but if it can take a lot of that workout, then that's great. You know, that, that's the good side of it you know, the artists that have their following, I'm not sure that the AI creating art that's similar to their art is, I don't have the numbers on this, but I don't know that that's necessarily damaging their fan base, right? You know, if if you have an artist you really like, you're going to continue with that artist. And that's not to say that, you know, the AI stealing their art is, isn't bad. You know, that's terrible. There, there should be Something needs to change there. But I do think that having a dedicated 
audience is a lot more important now, you know, because if, you know, if, if you have a machine that can create art that's similar to yours, you know, a lot of people want the heart and soul that comes with an artist. You know, it is, the AI is just a tool still. It's just create, it's just amalgam, you know, an amalgamation of these images. There, there isn't any heart to it. You know, there's no direction that was taken by it. You know, it's just taking in numbers and it's spitting out numbers. Whereas an artist, you know, we, we have inspiration from so many different things and we have a vision and we have a direction that we want to go. So I think there still is a difference, but there, there are definitely some things that need to change still for sure. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, web three is a word that I, Ugh. the whole point of it, it's going to be based on loyalty and re- long-term relationships with a creator where you mm-hmm. have a stake in what is happening, where you feel like you have a voice um, in what's happening. And we see, we see like, we're trying to figure out what does that look like? Is that an NFT? Is that like, how do we use our money and our comments and our, our views of someone to communicate um, that we want to have a relationship with them? And that's, it's really messy right now, but that's the whole point of where it's going. And I hope it goes that way because yeah. I think we need some of that. I, I think we do too. And I think that it's important that we, as artists who want to continue doing art, you know, and continue to grow that we stay on the cutting edge. Cause you know, you look at the most successful artists and oftentimes they're right there on the cutting edge, you know, they're right on the new, they're using the new tools, they're using the new things that crop up. And so I think it, it is important to keep an eye on it for sure. You know, we can't just be complacent and say, ah, oh, it's just AI art. You know, we have mm-hmm. to, we have to use it when we can. And I think they're, you know, there's a lot of really cool opportunities to create art and maybe integrate that into, you create uh, art through an AI and integrate that into your own art. You know, there's, there, it opens up a lot of really interesting directions to go. You know, if you're, if you're willing to look at it and embrace it and go in that direction. That, that's the perfect summary of of what we're trying to say today, just you have permission to have a breakdown over this, but also you have permission to be toxically positive about it. And also you yeah. cannot care, but thank yeah. you so yeah. much for all your questions and explaining your whole, your whole journey with us, because there's so many people <laughs> that feel like you, you know, started off just not even wanting to be involved, but that is perfectly fine. I love it. Thank you for talking to us today. Well, thank, thank you for having me on. This has been a blast. I really enjoy talking about things. So this is great. Yeah. And how can people find you, work with you, or hear about what you're doing? Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram at bennettphotography35 with two N's, two T's in Bennett. Um, that is my fine art account. And then my more fun travel account is Candid Kyle, uh, Candid with a K and Kyle with a K. Uh, yeah. And I have my, I think I have my website linked there. My website URL, URL is a little funky to say out loud, but, uh, yeah, if you, if anyone's interested in my art, I'm interested in selling it. 
feel free to reach out. I'd love to love to talk. And my my bonus question before we wrap up is: Uh-oh. Are you open to being a paid uh, voiceover narration artist for other people? <laughs> You know, I've been asked this pretty much my whole life. I am totally open to doing voice narration. I have thought about doing audiobooks, but reading is hard and talking for a long time is hard, but uh, I'm not opposed to getting into it. Well, yeah, you have a nice voice and I know somebody might might need that. So I'll just answer the question for you. Yeah. Send him a DM. I will sell my voice. Slide into his DM. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much today for today. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. You can submit questions and apply to be on the podcast or just chat with us on our Discord server by visiting me on Instagram or TikTok and searching for the name Hanala. H-A-N-N-A-L-A-H and then clicking on the link in my bio. Please make sure to leave us a review. It helps me so much to connect with more brilliant artists and creatives. I can't wait to talk to you all again soon.